Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. So just as there are three generations in this text this morning, there's also three things that I want to center on this morning that I think we can learn about wisdom from this passage. Three things that we learn about wisdom. Number one, we see the source of wisdom. Number two, the benefits of wisdom. And then number three, how to get started getting wisdom. So the source of wisdom, the benefits of wisdom, and how to get started getting wisdom. So first, number one, the source of wisdom. So this is chapter four in Proverbs. So the author and the arranger of this book is taking for granted that you've already read chapter one of Proverbs, which says in verse seven, that what is the beginning of knowledge? The fear of the Lord, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. So the author in chapter four is already presuming you've got that base understanding. You've got that foundational knowledge as to where knowledge comes from comes from the fear of the Lord, not simply an emotional response, but a reverent understanding, a posture in how you approach and how you interact with the Lord. So wisdom, as it's used in this passage, like most biblical words, has a little bit more involved than our English word wisdom does. So in wisdom, when we see that word pop up in the Old Testament, it's talking about applied skill or knowledge. Most of the time when you see wisdom used outside of Proverbs, it's talking about a skilled craftsman, someone who would use wisdom to build something, to create a tool. So it's not only the knowledge, the instructions that you have in your head, but it's the ability to take that knowledge and create something good with it. That's wisdom. Taking knowledge, putting it into action. It's wisdom. And so we've talked about this word before, the word that starts our text this morning, to listen, to hear, the word shema. So to listen and to hear always implies more than just, I want you to physically hear the words coming into your ears. It's always, I want you to hear and then have a response to it. Have an action that comes about because of your hearing. So all of these words, when we see them pop up, wisdom and to listen and to fear the Lord, have those in the back of your mind. This is more than just a simple English word-to-word representation. They mean more here. So listen to what... Proverbs is telling us this morning. So what is the source of wisdom? Starting here, earthly wisdom. This father is begging his sons to hear, to get this wisdom, to get insight. So practically, wisdom here is coming from a father to his sons. So fathers, fresh off of Father's Day weekend, are you earnestly seeking to impart wisdom to your children with the same urgency that this author seems to be speaking to his children. 
He seems to almost be begging his children. You get multiple repetitions. Hear, listen, don't turn away. And mothers, you're in this text as well in verse 3. Are you seeking the same for your children? So listen, he says. Be attentive. What I'm telling you is good. Don't ignore what I'm saying. You get this picture of this father chasing down his sons with wisdom. So fathers, today, do the same. Chase your children down with wisdom. So just as one father is giving wisdom here to his son, he remembers back to when he was the son, and his father is giving him the wisdom. So this grandfather in our text seems to be just as urgently during his time pursuing his son with wisdom, saying, get wisdom, get insight, love her, prize her. And in that, we see a little hint of the earthly payoff of seeking wisdom. We have one generation passing knowledge down to the next. We have a grandfather's faithfulness rewarded because the father is now passing on knowledge to his son. To pass on this knowledge, he must first have it. So Proverbs 22, we'll jump ahead, says that, You should train a child up in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that's the general rule. Sure, there are exceptions to most rules. I was an English teacher. We live by that. There's an exception to every English grammar rule. And in Proverbs here, sure, we have exceptions to this rule, where children of the covenant are brought up in the church and then leave the church. But that's the general rule. That's what Proverbs is concerned with, giving you the rules that generally are how things work in this life. They're not concerned with the exceptions to the rule. If you want to look at the exceptions to the rule, the Bible also gives us the book of Job and Ecclesiastes for your consideration. But notice, the wisdom from the father and the grandmother that's being passed down, this isn't new or novel information. This is tried and tested wisdom from decades of experience. This isn't the new fad. This isn't some new idea that's popping up. This is decades worth of wisdom that is being built up and passed down to the next generations. You begin to learn this wisdom when you are A child, according to verse 3, when you are tender. Now, don't think of tender here as a fragile person, but rather someone who is more easily formed. And you know this, kids often can pick up on things much more quickly than you can the older you get. If you're trying to learn a language, it's much easier for for you to do that if you start young. If you're trying to learn a musical instrument and to read music, it's much easier when you are young. So it is with wisdom. If you are learning wisdom, it is easier for you to do that when you are 
young, when your brains are more like Play-Doh, you can mold them and shape them into what you want it to be. But the older you get, it's like you've left that Play-Doh out on the table with the lid cracked, and it becomes hard. And you can kind of form it a little bit, but it's much more difficult the older and dried out the Play-Doh gets. So fathers, mothers, pursue your children with wisdom. Beg them to seek after it. Grandparents, you remember that raising children in wisdom is hard. Goodness, it's so hard. Keep pursuing your adult children and encouraging them to raise up your grandchildren to seek wisdom, to get insight, to get understanding and knowledge. So we've been talking about nuclear families, but this is also very applicable to us as a church family. We all have fathers and mothers in the faith that have trained us up, that have given us wisdom and insight. One of my earliest church memories was a lady by the name of Miss Dottie. She was a grandmotherly lady in the church where I grew up in. And every Sunday afternoon, she would meet with me and a handful of other kids and go over Bible drills. Did anybody else do Bible drills when they grew up? You got the sheet every year to memorize. You know where all the books of the Bible are. She made sure we could find every minor prophet Every big text that we needed to memorize, hey, where does the fall happen? Boom, you've got it. Where's the Sermon on the Mount? Boom, find it. Memorizing scripture. She was out there much older than to be any of our parents, but a grandmother in the faith that is encouraging us as young children to seek wisdom, to know the Bible. Or another father in the faith that I had, Matt, in Greenwood, who's the first person that really taught me how to read the Bible seriously. Like, don't bring what you think the Bible should say to the Bible. You should just listen to what the Bible actually says and not bring your assumptions of what it means to it. Boom, mind blown. So we all have these fathers and mothers in the faith. And I pray that Trinity would have many Miss Dotties and would have many Matts who are here that are seeking after the tender, malleable minds of the children of this church with wisdom. Remind you of our vows that we take as a church during infant baptism where we promise that we will work with these parents to love and to care and to support and to raise up these children to know the gospel, to know who it is that created them and loved them. So that's why your work during Sunday school, teachers, to encourage these children to seek after knowledge is so valuable. Verse 5 in here says, do not forget. So that means remember. So give them something to remember. Teach it over and over. 
So on mornings when you're teaching the four-year-olds or the fourth graders, you are an active participant in this work, in this church, this important work, because this is how God has chosen to spread his wisdom to the next generation through godly teaching from parents and from grandparents and from church parents. So at this point, I'm sure that Paige would love to talk to you after this about signing up to teach fall Sunday school classes. Point number two, the benefits of wisdom. So that's where wisdom comes from. Number two, the benefits of wisdom. The first benefit mentioned in this section is a pretty big one. The first benefit is life. The end of verse 4, keep my commandments and live. So what does that mean? You will die if you do not listen and gain wisdom? Sometimes, yes, maybe. But more true is that you will never truly be alive unless you have true wisdom. It would take you back to remember in the garden in Eden, there was a certain tree that was in the middle that they were, Adam and Eve were told, probably shouldn't touch that. The tree of knowing good and bad, good and evil, the tree of knowledge. So Adam and Eve see and they desire and they take and they do what is wise in their own eyes not trusting God's wisdom and goodness. What was God's promise before that? The day that you eat of this tree, you will die. You will surely die. And Adam and Eve eat the fruit, and it doesn't seem like there's an actual death that happens. And it's not a physical death that does happen, but a more drastic death occurs. So they are not physically killed, but they are exiled away from the personal presence of God, their creator, and sent into a land of sin and toil where death would eventually come physically, but spiritual death, true death, had just entered into the world. So Proverbs says wisdom and insight bring back life the way that it was supposed to be. So if you are not living in God's wisdom, you are not truly alive. You are dead. The first benefit that wisdom brings is life. Another benefit, verse 6, says, Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. So here, wisdom is taking an active role in keeping you and guarding you. It's not just something that you have, this wisdom, but also something that has you, keeping you and guarding you. Another possible translation of these words is the idea of a watchtower. So what does a watchtower do? A watchtower is in a walled city. It's an elevated space where there are guards who are watching out for future events. They are looking out for enemies approaching so that the city can defend itself. They're looking out for their own people who might need help so they can send aid. 
that are looking out, and if circumstances require it, they can mount an army and send it on their way. But the watchtower is looking out and seeing all of this happen before it gets to the actual city. And that's the image that we're given of wisdom. Wisdom is a watchtower watching, guarding, keeping you if you do not forsake her and if you love her. So wisdom is compared to the Christian secret service. It keeps you, guards you, watches over you. We have even more benefits in verses 8 and 9. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. So wisdom brings you back to life. It watches over you. And here, it honors you. It elevates you. You have a crown on your head, a symbol of victory, a symbol of exaltation. So during this time in the Olympics that they would have, winners would get a little crown made of vegetation. It's much cooler than having an actual hunk of gold hanging around your neck, right? So you would get this crown for winning your race. So this is how you get on top, according to the Bible. This is how you win in this race. You get wisdom, and wisdom will crown you. That's how you can be truly honored in this life. It's by getting wisdom. Now, all of this sounds great, right? These are great benefits of wisdom. So where do we get this wisdom? How do we go about starting to get this understanding? Final point, number three. How do we get wisdom? First, notice who is invited to seek after this wisdom. We'll hone in on verse 7 for a little bit. Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. You know, prepping for today, the first time I read that, guys, that's, that's not really helpful, Mr. Proverbs author. Get wisdom by getting wisdom. Okay, so what's going on here? First, I want us to notice, do you see this addressed to anyone? So the whole proverb that we're looking at, this section, is addressed to his sons, plural. So it's a multitude of people, children, that this is addressed to. But are there any qualifiers given, especially here, when we get to the more practical, how do you get wisdom? Do you see any prerequisite classes that you have to take before you can take the wisdom class? Are there any age restrictions? Are there any education requirements? Are there any height requirements? Height requirements. This, uh, this past week, we were gone. I missed you guys on Sunday. It was really weird not being here. Uh, we were down on vacation with our family. Great time to be away and to rest. And one day while we were down at the beach, our kids like to go and have a Destin day where we go into Destin proper into the city and do all of the things that you do at the beach. We did an escape room. We usually play some putt-putt. And they always want to go to the go-karts. And for the first time this year, both of our children met the height requirements 
for the largest go-karts that they had at the track. And they got on and measured, and they stood up real tall, and they squeezed through, and they get in and buckle up and drive off, and Lindsay and I are sitting by a fan in the shade with a cold bottle of water, and Lindsay looks at me and she says, we've made it. <laughs> we have made it. This is actual vacation. Last year we had to drive the kids on the biggest spiral up wooden track roller, not roller coaster, go-karts over there, but they are on their own now. We have made it. They have met the height requirements. But here in Proverbs, are there any height requirements for you getting this wisdom? No. There's no requirement. So kids, listen and get wisdom. Teenagers, listen. There is no requirements. Adults, young, and older, listen. When looking at this, the second half of verse 7, where it says, whatever you get, get insight. Derek Kinder says this about it. You could very easily say this is a blunt way of saying whatever it takes is not brains or opportunity, but decision. Do you want it? Come and get it. So there's a great leveling that takes place when we seek biblical wisdom. The smartest students, so students, if there's that kid in your class that never studies for anything, ever, and they always make A's, maybe a B every once in a while, but they never have to work for it. Or if you're that student that has worked for hours every day, you and your parents and your tutor, and you still struggle, and you are excited and celebrate when we get C's. This is for you. You both seek wisdom the same way. You both seek wisdom the same way. Adults, it doesn't matter what letters come after your name when you introduce yourself or on your business cards, PhD, MD, CPA, JD, all of you have to seek wisdom the same way. No matter how many accolades or what grade you dropped out in, you all seek wisdom. So according to Mr. Kinder, make a decision. Do you want it? Then come and get it. So all are invited to seek after this wisdom. Now, You have to seek after wisdom, and at the end of verse 7, whatever you get, get insight and get understanding. I think that the way that the NIV translates this might be a little bit more helpful. They change the ending part to say this, though it costs all that you have, seek and get wisdom, though it costs all that you have. So do you still want Wisdom. I mean, it sounded great, good benefits, but maybe we can negotiate the price down a little bit. But this idea of getting wisdom at all costs is the same thing that Jesus is clued in on when we get to Matthew chapter 13, when he gives us these very short parables from Matthew 13. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy 
he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys the field. Next parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of a fine pearl, who, on finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had, and he bought it. So these help us to see the attitude of the individual giving up everything. So how does the man feel who is going to buy this field when he knows there's a treasure hidden in it? How does the man feel when he's buying this pearl of great price? Yes, he liquefies everything and he buys this. How does he feel going to do that? Are they going begrudgingly? Got to go buy this field. I just know it's the right thing to do. I really don't want to do it, but it's the right thing to do, to buy this field, to buy this pearl. Are they doing this because they have to do this? No. They are eager to give all that they have away because they know what they are getting is more valuable than what they are giving up. What they are getting to get this field in this pearl, it's much greater than what they're giving up to get it. So they are eager to give all that they have away in order to get something even greater. So they happily sell everything that they have to get it. And that's why Jesus says, you have to see the kingdom of God like this. You have to seek after it like this. That's why Proverbs says, you have to see wisdom like this field. You have to see the wisdom of God like this field where there is a treasure in there that is waiting for you to dig up. Go and buy it. Yes, it will cost you something to seek after it. It will cost you everything to seek after it. Seeking wisdom sometimes might feel like you are dying, like you are being left out of your group for the decisions that you're making, like you're being left behind in your career for what you think is a wise move, like you're being ignored by the world or worse than ignored, scoffed at by the world for seeking after this wisdom. But look, open your eyes and see the treasure that is buried in that field belongs to you, a real life, a crown of grace, a watcher and a keeper over you. That is your reality if... You seek after wisdom, despite what your short earthly life and others around you might say to the contrary. Because of Jesus, the ultimate wisdom giver, that reality of victory for you is assured 100%, now and forever. So parents, grandparents, church Family, chase the children in your life and of this church down with biblical wisdom. Please, children, youth, young people in this church, listen to their instruction. Be attentive. Get wisdom and truly live.
Let's pray. Oh, almighty God, would you grant that your words, which we have heard this day with our ears on the outside, may truly, by your grace, sink inwards to our hearts. They may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and the praise of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.